Hi, my name is Yang Mei Ui and you're listening to the Fusion View podcast. This podcast is my personal cross-cultural view on life, culture, running, social media and anything else that takes my interest. You can check out my blog at www.fusionview.co.uk. For those of you who are new to this podcast, um, I live in South London in the UK, but I'm originally from Malaysia hence the cross-cultural aspects. Um, Doing this podcast as um, a stream of consciousness uh, thing is quite new to me. Um, I guess my previous podcasts have been quite structured. They've tended to be um, interviews, um, and I feel, uh, or I used to feel, that I needed to be uh, sort of like the BBC, um, which was actually quite a strain because, of course, I'm not a professional. Um, I just want to use this medium as a means of communicating uh, and sharing my views and interests. Um, so um, uh, I guess what, what started me uh, trying to experiment with, with a bit more of a different style is listening to a lot of um, podcasts by runners and triathletes um, since I took up my new interest uh, of, of running recently. Um, and um, a lot of uh, runners um, have a stream of consciousness approach. They clip the uh, microphone to their um, running vests and and, uh, and actually just chat along as they go for their runs. Uh, for example, Nigel from Staffordshire, who uh, blogs and podcasts at Running from the Reaper, he's uh, in his mid-40s and he's training for the April 09 uh, London Marathon. And he just chats along uh, as, as he goes, talking about his life um, and his training. Um, and I find it um, really interesting and <clears throat> I guess it's just a sort of human curiosity to um, learn about uh, somebody else's life. Um, for example, he's saying that his wife loves the TV show 24 because she's a great fan of Kiefer Sutherland. Um, and uh, we're, we're great fans of 24. I think it's a really very exciting, great uh, edge of the seat um, kind of show. And Kiefer is definitely uh, very, very good, um, sort of scary, uh, heroic, um, hunky, but in a sort of normal sort of way. Um, so, you know, kind of finding out those things about um, people that I don't really know and he doesn't know me, I, I just find it really um, very uh, intriguing. Um, I remember at, uh, at, at, at college um, uh, learning about um, uh, stream of consciousness writing. Um, uh, I did an English literature degree um, and Virginia Woolf, of course, is the, one of the more uh, famous authors who um, was um, well known for her stream of consciousness style of writing. Um, and one of the books that we studied, I think, is a great example of that, is uh, Mrs. Dalloway, where it's an upper middle class woman uh, who, it's just about her day, and she uh, wanders around London going shopping, uh, going to the Army and Navy in Victoria Street, uh, um, preparing for her dinner party that evening. And nothing much happens except you're inside her head as she wanders around um, and you get a sense of um, the, the, the sort of little dramas in her life leading up to this dinner party. Um, and less successfully, there's a parallel story 
um, where Virginia Woolf tries to write in the head of um, a chap called Septimus Smith, who is um, a World War I veteran um, of the l lower classes. Um, and it's less successful because I think she lived in her little upper middle class bubble and really um, didn't, didn't know what it was really like to be... Um, a, a working class man who'd come back from, from the war. So that was less realistic. Um, but um, all the little details of this, uh, this woman preparing for her dinner party, um, you know, was, it rang true. Um, I found uh, Virginia Woolf, and I still find her very, very difficult to read because actually I find the stream of consciousness style of writing um, very dull, um, very painful um, to have to, to read through. Um, and uh, another one of Virginia Woolf's novels, The Waves, which uh, has been hailed as one of the classics of literature, um, she writes in six different voices, six different characters. Well, actually, she doesn't write in six different voices. It's six different characters that she writes. Um, and in between each chapter, which is from a different point of view from one of these six characters, um, there's a little interlude where she writes about the waves crashing to the shore. Um, there is a hypnotic quality about it, I suppose. But... Essentially, the, the critics and the literary uh, um, uh, academics all say, wow, what a marvellous book this is. You know, it's six different characters, but they all have the same voice, and they all sound like Virginia Woolf. Isn't that marvellous? Well, to me, it's a failure in writing, because you actually, she can't do voices. She can't do anybody else except Virginia Woolf. So what's so great about that? Um, and again, it's all about navel-gazing and, you know, all the fluff that's, that's in, in there and in her, in her head. And... Um, I guess I was never a Virginia Woolf fan because I found Stream of Consciousness just um, so painful to read. But, curiously, I've really enjoyed the podcasts um, by all these different runners um, which take a Stream of Consciousness approach. So why is that? Um, and I'm thinking that one of the reasons is that when you're sitting down to read a book, that's all you can do. Your eyes have to focus on the words. Um, you're, uh, you have to hold the book. You can't you know, do the gardening, uh, drive your car, do anything else. So you really have to dedicate this time to reading this book. Um, and so for me, that has, to be, that, that has to be really worth it. That has to say something to me. Um, and that has to make it worth it for me to sacrifice the time that I could be doing something else, sitting and reading this book. And I guess Virginia Woolf's character... Her, her, the, the things that obsessed her back in you know, the early part of the last century. Um, she was depressive, um, had all kinds of problems um, in this sort of middle class, upper middle class world. Um, just really didn't speak to me. And so I, I just felt very resentful and, and frustrated to have to sit and read this stuff, um, which I had to do really for, uh, for, uh, for my college work. On the other hand, with a podcast, um, you can listen to it while you're doing something else and while you're running, uh, you know, doing the washing up or whatever. It's entertaining, it's distracting. Um, and at the same time, you're, you're in the world of real people. And perhaps here's another difference. You know, Virginia Woolf was writing fiction. It doesn't exist. It's not real. These people are not real. Uh, on the other hand, um, podcasts, it's, it's real people living their lives having a go at training for the marathon or the triathlon or Ironman um, and talking about um, that sort of training, but also revealing a part of their lives or revealing their character. And each one of these uh, people have their own voices. Um, it's, it's them. It's them speaking to you and partly, I guess, to themselves. Um, 
So, for example, other podcasts that I really enjoy, in addition to Nigel in Staffordshire, is Zen and the Art of Triathlon, which I've blogged about. And it's a guy called Brett. He lives in Texas and he's training for the Ironman triathlons. And he just has a really lovely, warm energy. He's got a great sense of humor and just... I don't know, I listen to him and I just um, it, just get absorbed into his world, uh, his training and um, uh, and he's that just um, pers- his personality is friendly, warm, open personality um, and, and the community that, that he's built around his, his blog and the community that he participates in of other other triathletes, uh, other people uh, who are interested in biking, swimming and running and um, there's just such a lovely sense of community. Um, then there's Kelowna girl uh, who is uh, in in Canada, um, and she uh, she started uh, as a couch potato, um, and uh, kind of got into cycling, and eventually is doing triathlons and, and Ironman, and and, and um, really becoming a, a great enthusiast. And she uh, blogs about her. Uh, her her training, but also you get a glimpse into her life, what it's like to be in Canada, kind of running through the snow uh, about her family um, and her husband, who is also a a cyclist, a keen cyclist, Um, and what their their lives are like. Um, Then uh, there's uh, Run, Digger, Run. I've just discovered that. That's Matt, uh, who is uh, somewhere in Virginia, um, and he's an ex-Marine Corps helicopter pilot. Um, And again, um, he's just got a really nice... Uh, friendly, um, uh, easy manner, and um, and just tell some great stories. For example, about um, going into a running shop and trying tights, running tights for the first time. Um, this this running tights thing seems to be a problem for the guys um, because I think they must feel very silly for the first time putting on this sort of like Superman outfit uh, leggings. Um, and uh, again, just hearing about. His, his life um, and how he's had an injury from being a fighter pilot a hol- helicopter pilot um, and that he that needs to be to uh, that he needs to go for exploratory surgery and so on um, and there's a, another guy uh, who runs uh, in in Sweden Krista uh, running the narrow path and um, I listened to his first podcast where he's running through a forest in the Swedish landscape and he comes across a, a, a herd of deer um, and uh, just the way that he, you know, he describes the Swedish uh, forest, and, um, and and he does all this in English, although Swedish is his first language. And um, you just get a sense of um, all these different people all over the world, different lives, different personalities, um, different things going on for them, um, and uh, all of them b- bound together by by their shared interest in in running. Um, there are also two guys uh, in, I'm not quite sure where they are in America, but it's Running with the Pack, um, and they're academics, um, and they talk a little bit about you know, organizing conferences and what it's like being an, uh, an academic uh, at the university, and, and, and also um, as well as, 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 their, as their running training. And, and I guess I'm, I'm just one of those really nosy people. I love to hear about what's going on uh, for other people in, in different parts of the world. Um, what strikes me actually is that um, with all these podcasts that I've found, they, the majority, of course, are, Amer- are American. Um, some English. Uh, there's the Canadian. Um, I've not come across anyone who's um, podcasting uh, about running um, all their lives out of Asia or Africa. Um, so if you if you are one of those people in Asia or Africa who's uh, running and 
podcasting, um, please do let me know, or if you know of, of, of anyone who's podcasting uh, from those parts of the world, it would be great to, to hear about them. Um, and um, so it's uh, these podcasts are just kind of, I find also very inspiring, because as, as these people uh, trundle off on their runs and so on, it kind of makes me want to get out there um, in, in whatever weather, um, and, and to go and, 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 and run myself, um, and just be part of that, that community. Um, I'm very excited uh, that uh, a few shows ago I, um, I asked the question, um, how did you start running? And I've got a couple of voicemails, um, so I'm going to play them um, now. Um, there's uh, Susan McCauley, who is based in Dubai. She sent me an MP3 uh, file. It's kind of, um, it's about, um, it's about five minutes long, so I'm going to play that. Um, and uh, she's really dynamic. Uh, amazing woman. Uh, I met her last year at a conference uh, in Barcelona. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you her running story. Um, and then after her, there's there's Giles Colburn, um, who's who's my cousin, my cousin's husband, um, and uh, he's he's a keen runner, um, and he lives down in in Bath in. Uh, in, in, in the UK, and uh, he, he left me a, a short voicemail telling me why he runs uh, and, and why, why he keeps, keeps on running. Um, so I'll, I'll be playing that uh, as well. So I hope you enjoy those voicemails. Hi, this is Susan McCauley speaking. I'm the founder of AmazingWomenRock.com, a website to celebrate, motivate, and inspire women around the world. And I'm also the managing director of Strike Communications. I specialize in public speaking and presentation skills coaching and training. And I'm answering Yang Mei's invitation to share my story about running. I've just finished listening to her podcast about how she got started and I couldn't help but smile the entire time because there's so many commonalities between her story and and my experience with starting running. Throughout my life, I observed people out jog. Well, we called it jogging at the time. It's kind of changed. The, the, the nomenclature, if you will, has changed over the years. And so people now go out for a run instead of going out for a jog. But at the time when I first began to observe it, it was called jogging. And uh, like Yang Mei, I also wondered, what did people see, see in it? They, they always seemed to be in a lot of pain when they were out there pounding the pavements, and, and that really didn't appeal to me. So although I must confess I did try it a few times, I remember in university I, I spent about a month jogging around the block in the evenings. I was in classes all day, but I wanted to get and I wanted to get a little bit more trim and fit. And, and so I thought, oh, yeah, I'll try this jogging thing. Well, I was a smoker at the time. And uh, I can remember having this burning feeling in my lungs, my legs, my feet hurt. It wasn't a, it wasn't a pleasant experience at, at all. So it didn't take long before the number of, the number of occasions each week that I, I was jogging uh, de declined at a fairly rapid rate, let's put it that way. <laughs> and it wasn't until, I've always been kind of involved in the fitness thing, and this is, I, I just wanted to mention that uh, Yang Mei talked about the fact that uh, growing up she'd never been terribly athletic, and in fact I met her last year for the first time, we met in, in Spain, and um, it struck me when she, she put, had a couple of entries on Twitter about starting running. And I, I thought, gee whiz, hmm. 
As I recall, on the few times that I saw her, she didn't look like the athletic type. Not that she looked unfit at all. No, it wasn't that. But she just didn't look like the type that would be going out for a run. So I was quite surprised to see these entries on these posts on Twitter saying that she'd taken up running. So I'm kind of fascinated. And uh, thus my desire to contribute to her her running project. In any event, my initial... uh, attempts at, at getting involved in the jogging and the, and the running thing were uh, massive failures until I reached the age of 47, which was uh, five years ago. And that's when I got bitten by the running bug. And the way it happened was in November 2003, I signed up to go on an adventure challenge to raise money for charity to the Great Wall of China. And as part of the preparation for that challenge, we had to, you had to have a very good level of fitness because it wasn't just going on the tourist parts of the wall. There was also a lot of climbing, lots of steps, and, and really a good fitness level was required. So we all began to train. There were 15 people on the on the trip in the end, and we didn't train together, but as individuals, we started training. And my, my part was to begin walking, and I started walking every morning. I got up at 5 o'clock and spent about an hour walking on the Corniche in Abu Dhabi. And I, I approached it in the same way as Yang Mei has approached her running, in the sense that I began by walking slowly, and then there's the speed of the walk gradually increased and and then as I began to feel more confident I began to jog a little bit so I primarily was walking and then with interspersed with a little bit of jogging which I called wogging Um, and and gradually the times that I would be jogging increased until over a span of four or five months I ended up actually being able to run for about an hour with a few little walk uh, intervals in between. So it was quite something to go from from somebody who had never run before to being able to uh, go for, for a, a good, well, a good half hour to, to 40 minutes of, of constant running. And I felt really very proud of myself. And one of the, the side, the unexpected benefits for me, in addition to the, the, greater fitness level was the fact that I lost 20 pounds in the process. Now, there were a whole bunch of other things that were going on in my life at the time, but and perhaps I'll share those with you in, on, a, on another occasion. But, um, yeah, that's when I first got bitten by the running bug, and uh, I hope to share with you more on how that progressed and how that changed over the last five years to bring me to the situation where I am now, which is in a kind of a totally different space. So until the next time, Susan McCauley signing off from Dubai. Hi, Yang Mei. You asked me why I started running, and um, I think I'm unusual in that most people I know who run uh, do it because they're working towards a target. And whenever I've tried that in the past, it's not really worked out very well. I run uh, because it makes me feel good. And um, because after I come back from a run, I know that for the rest of the day, uh, I have that uh, that buzz. Um, 
I really don't like running on treadmills. That's a very kind of antiseptic experience, and it takes all the joy out of running. Uh, I much prefer to be outside uh, in the weather, even if it's raining or it's it's cold. Um, you know, all of that uh, initial kind of chill uh, burns off very quickly, and uh, it's just a pleasure to be outside. Um, and I guess that's the thing that I enjoy most about running, is that it's a very easy way to to get outside and to, to get out of the home or the office and to be, uh, you know, on your own and to be uh, burning off all of, the, all of that bad energy and, and, uh, and outside experiencing the real world. Well, that's all for today. If you'd like to share your running story, uh, you can um, send me an email or um, leave me a voicemail if you go to my blog at www.fusionview.co.uk forward slash contact. I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, take care.